Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, your daily dose of just one marvelous page of Talmud a day. Today, we welcome back my dear friend and teacher, Rabbi Mordechai Lightstone, the social media editor of Chabad.org, and the tech maven behind Tech Tribe, which is where all the cool tech-savvy Jews, meaning not people like me who read books all day, uh, but cool people go to congregate. Hello, Rabbi Lightstone. Hi, how are you doing today, Leo? I'm doing very well, in large part because I have read kind of one of my favorite aphorisms, I would say, or one of my favorite bits of writing in today's page of Talmud, page Lamedalid, page 34. As always, I, I want you to help me understand it and, and the deep meaning behind it. I'll read it in Hebrew, and then I will read it in English. Damar Rabbi Abahu, Makom Omdin, Tzadikim Gmurim Enam Omdin. The Gemara notes, as Rabbi Abahu said, in the place where penitents stand, in the place where people who have made teshuva, who have made repentance stand, even the full-fledged righteous don't stand. Which, if you think about it, seems to be so counterintuitive, right? We think that if someone is like completely, as they say, full-fledged righteous, someone who's been good from day one and you know falls all the mitzvot and is like so scholarly in all the ways of the Torah, uh, that person just kind of like logically thinking should be elevated above someone like me who only say four or five years ago started keeping kosher and studying Torah and putting up to fill in and really has a very long way to go until he reaches this level of, of scholarship and, and, and piety. So why is the Talmud telling us that it's the other way around? Right. So this is uh, something really fascinating going over here when you speak about tshuva. It's, it's worth knowing that tshuva in general, repentance, you know, is, is not a Jewish term. Tshuva means to kind of return and look inward and, and connect with something within yourself. So the ability for the Baal Tshuva, the ability for anyone who wants to correct themselves and, and, and become better in a certain way and reach that place, um, the ability to surpass the righteous and someone who didn't sin um, is predicated on this idea that it's the life experiences that you know he or she went through until this point could be turned around and elevated and ultimately became the 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 trajectory that, that pushed the person to return. And that through that, everything they did until this point can be turned around and elevated and, and become the fuel that's needed to help them reach the level of a penitent, and therefore they could go to a place that the person who never had these experiences was ever able to reach. So in other words, someone like me, who knows very well the, uh, shall we say, sweetness of bacon, uh, who has lived a life that, you know, if, if you look at all the things, all, all the metrics available to us, hasn't always been a, a model citizen. You're saying that this precise knowledge of ways that the Torah would define as certainly sinful, uh, now that I've turned away from them, now that I have gone on a path to embrace a very different sensibility, actually helps me understand this process of, of return, of teshuva, of, of introspection, better than someone who's never been exposed to any of them. I mean, so to speak, it's the sense of distance itself that one experiences and the yearning that a person has based on that to return and to do more that allows the heart to grow fonder, so to speak, and to achieve it. And I wouldn't say it's just someone like you. It's someone like me. It's like someone like, someone like anyone. Each and every one of us has that little place inside themselves that could be better. And so this isn't just about one particular person or one particular lifestyle change. It's uh, really something that's asked from all of us. But there's actually an interesting Rambam I'd, I'd love to share. The Rambam, when he quotes... This Maimonides, when he, he quotes this, uh, this piece of the Talmud, so he adds a word that he says, 
meaning that the place where the one who returns stands, the righteous can't even reach it. I mean, not just that they're not there, but it's not within their grasp impossible to, to do them, it. Right. It's impossible. They can't, they, can't, they can't go there. So kind of the, the Hasidic read on this is that there are two ways in which we connect to God. There's the normative way where we connect to God through Torah and mitzvahs. So when you do a mitzvah, you give charity, you put on tefillin, you know, you help an old lady cross the street, whatever the mitzvah at the moment that you're doing is, so you are connecting to God. You're creating a channel that's connecting you to the Almighty, and through that you're bringing godliness down to the world, and this bond has been created, and that's kind of the normal way in which we connect to the Creator. That's level one. That's the level of a tzaddik, that's the level of someone who's doing it right. Then you have the other level, the level of tshuva, that when a person does something wrong, so to speak, in order to be able to make up for what they missed out, in order to be able to you know, to, to correct what went wrong, they have to tap, tap into a, a connection with the creator that surpasses the normative channels. It goes above and beyond the normal way that they would connect to God. Meaning that they touch a level of the divine and they connect in such a way that's beyond any action, beyond any thought. It's like, it's, it's the, the essence calling out to the essence, deep calling unto deep. And when you touch that level, that's the level that no righteous person could ever do. A righteous person could never even bring that level of godliness into the world. It's only by going above and beyond that they're able to make up what they're able to was wrong and be able to connect on that level. And once they do that, then obviously the righteous can't touch where they are, can't reach that level because they've done something that's just completely, they've touched the level of the creator that's completely surpasses anything normal. So let me ask you this. I know for a fact that a lot of people listening to us see observance, see Judaism even as, as a kind of, um, you know, either or proposition. Like you're either a quote unquote secular Jew, which means, hey man, do whatever you want, eat whatever you want, you know, feel free to not observe the Sabbath, it's fine. Or you're a religious Jew, which means you accept the whole shebang, you accept the whole nine yards of, of all the mitzvot, all the laws, all the, all the commandments. And I think this particular phrase in its kind of wonderful, difficult majesty, really is here to suggest to us that that is absolutely not the case, that teshuva, that return uh, to, to righteousness, is a much more complicated, gradual process. So how, how should we think about it? What should, how should we implement it in our day-to-day -day lives? So, I mean, if, if you think about each mitzvah, as a chance to connect the divine, as a chance to create this channel and bring you know, heaven down to earth and bring godliness into this world, then each and every single mitzvah is unique. So the fact that you know, I missed out on A doesn't mean I can't do B or C or D or Q or you know, Alpha, right. Beta, however you want to view it. And therefore, each act is a new chance to create this new channel and bring holiness into the world. And so if somebody says, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm not you know, good with this particular part uh, or this particular you know, concept, but there's something else you could do. I don't remember the details, but there's a, a Hasidic story that one Hasid once, you know, was kind of speaking, you know, negatively about another Jew. And it's not, not a Lubavitcher story, but his, his Rebbe looked at him and said, you know, how could he speak negatively about this Jew? Did he ever make a forbidden mixture of spices and burn them as incense in the temple? Obviously, he didn't. This was in Poland. How could he do that? So, therefore, that means there's a channel that exists. You know, each individual commandment that he did keep or, you know, didn't abrogate is a unique way of doing it. And it's something that each and every one of us, just by dint of existing and all the good that we, all of us do in the world, has, you know, that, that connection to God. So, therefore, if something is lacking in one part, that in no way, you know, undoes the amazing good that, uh, that happens in other ways. Rabbi Lightstone, as always, you leave me feeling accelerated and illuminated. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope you've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.